Now, Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome, everybody, to Guys in a Mic Show, TalkZone.com. Thank you very much, Mr. Announcer Man, for that scintillating uh, introduction, and it is good. It is good to look at the TV listings. This hasn't happened for a long, long time. And see collegiate football under the TV listings. It's Thursday. It's not Saturday, not a full slate, but there are four games back-to-back-to-back-to-back, including a 10 o'clock performance from the Minnesota Golden Gopher College football. Off and running today. We'll preview it. And talk some other sports. We'll get into the Republican National Convention, Hurricane Isaac, and a couple other items on the docket. TalkZone.com, two guys at a mic, off and running, or at least we're into a uh, medium job. A little bit of music, and we'll kick this puppy off. like a tradition, David. i got to have that nice couple of sips of the hot cup of coffee. The Talk Zone's very own. Is that a special blend like Dunkin' Donuts now that we have our own blend of coffee, or is that just uh, the generic? And no, we just don't change the filter. <laughs> and I thought that was the extra dark variety. There, there is a little slight Rust-Oleum taste to it, but I like the coffee dark. I don't know about that dark. And now that you've explained where that strong flavor comes to, yeah. Now, you know, it's it's like that food that you like the taste. You didn't know what it was, but you thought it tasted pretty good, and then someone described what it actually was, and you can't eat it. You're, like, disgusted by it. Right, exactly. As soon as you find out the special sauce on a Big Mac is Thousand Island dressing and mayonnaise, it's not so special yeah. anymore. Yeah. yeah, the Thousand Island dressing I could live with, but the mayonnaise, uh, I've, gone, I've gone completely sans mayonnaise in my diet now. Complete turnoff. It used to be. I used to love it. Now, part of built into Thousand Island is, is basically Thousand Island dressing, as we preview college football by talking Thousand Island dressing. It's basically ketchup and mayonnaise. Basically, yeah. Yeah, with a couple pickled little doohickeys built into it. Yeah. 888-463-6748. By the way, David, I, I have come full cycle. Or maybe that's, I guess when you say 360 degrees, you're back where you started. So I, I've gone 180 on sushi. Used to hate sushi, and now I've become like a huge. I'm a big fan of the sushi. Yesterday, a little brown rice tuna sushi. It's outstanding. Outstanding. Are you, are you a uh, sushi fan? I'm not a sushi fan. Ah. I'm not. It was like my, my old roommate used to manage one of the best sushi restaurants in the city. Excellent. I would bring it home every single night. Ah. And I would never touch it because I didn't like it. Wait a minute. Now, you've been married how many years? Well, I mean, this was a decade ago. Well, I was going to say, sushi a decade ago. It's, sushi's come a long way. Yeah, it's actually, it was probably purer 10 years ago than it is now because nah. it wasn't as popular. And you didn't have as much as many farm-raised fish, and you didn't have uh, nuclear radiation in the Gulf of Japan. Yeah. I'm a big fan of farm-raised fish. Nuclear radiation in the food, I can, you know, give or take. 
But I'm a longtime fan of the farm-raised fish. What the hell is a farm-raised fish? You're, you're a fan of farm-raised fish? I have no idea what I'm talking about. It just I was impressed with David Olson's knowledge. I, you know, I thought sushi became popular about 10 years ago. So, well, well, it did. It did. About it, it, 2,000 years ago. No. Well, because it, it was hip and trendy in the 90s and really started taking off okay. around the uh, around the year 2000. Now it's like completely mainstream because you'll right. see there's sushi restaurants and strip yeah. malls and everything. Strip bars? It, those two? Yeah, those two. Wow. Um, and I mean, you can you can go to like you can go to Jewel or Dominic's and get sushi. Mm-hmm. So, By the uh, way, the smell of sushi at strip bars is awful. <laughs> I'm going to start paying for my uh, brown rice and tuna with, with singles. Oh, goodness. How are you, big dog? Joe Rodwanski checking in via the telecommunicative phone lines. My good partner here, a little college football preview. And uh, we open up the show talking about the ingredients in Thousand Island dressing and sushi. But, you know, go figure. That's what the uh, two guys at a mic show is all about. But, big dog, welcome to the show, my friend. How are you today? Uh, I'm doing absolutely phenomenal, Coach. Outstanding. Phenomenal. Yeah. Outstanding. That is excellent to hear. Any particular reason for the phenomenation? I always feel good, but it's you know I got other stuff to worry about. It all kinds of different issues, but I figure mm-hmm. I'll, I'll figure it out sooner or later. I'll get it all together. So. I likes the positive attitude. I likes the attitude. Best day of my life, big dog. Every day you wake up, you're the one who taught me that. Yeah, ain't that the truth? Best every day you wake up. Best day of my life. Uh, oh, absolutely, Coach. Great, great philosophy. Beautiful day here in the city of Chicago, wherever you might be listening to this program. We hope uh, your day is off to a great start. We appreciate you joining us here on the Two Guys and a Mike Show. If you want to join us in a more personal nature, you can do it at 888-463-6748. We're always happy to commiserate with our fellow listeners via the uh, telecommunicative phone lines. I have no idea what the hell I just said, but I said it. Uh, college football starts tonight, dog. I opened up the show by saying it was great looking at the TV listings and seeing four consecutive back-to-back-to-back-to-back college football is upon us, my friend. Is there anything in the afternoon that I can watch? Anything earlier than 7 p.m.? There is no afternoon delight. I should say it's for the first time there's college. We've been able to watch college football, but every time I tune into it, it's like the 1968 Michigan versus Iowa game. Well, I don't know about the, the 1960, uh, the 1969 Michigan versus Ohio State game. They play on the Big Ten channel about once yep. a day. Yeah, I'm not kidding. Yeah, so you know, you, you got that out there for you. So I should preface it by saying it's good to have live, actual, up close and personal college football because you can get the classic football game. By the way, uh, uh, Hayden Fry, I forgot what a good-looking man Iowa coach Hayden Fry was. Well, he didn't take over Iowa until like '74. So yeah. you were looking at the, the the previous head coach, coach. No, no, I was looking at Hayden. I probably just got the year wrong. Yeah, wore his pants uncomfortably tight. Same kind of similar flood pants to a Joe Paterno, just not as baggy. You know, Hayden Fry is probably one of the most well-respected coaches that never won a national championship. I would agree with that. Some some did not like his style. He was a little uh, abrasive. But for well, the most, as, yeah. As an Illinois fan, I hated Hayden Fry. Mm-hmm. But now that I learned more about Hayden Fry, Hayden Fry was the first uh, football coach to integrate the state of Texas when he was the head coach at SMU. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I loved Hayden Fry afterwards. He's like, I wasn't all for civil rights. I was for W's. Yeah, sounds like uh, he followed uh, maybe one of his disciples was Bear Bryant. 
who was the oh, first, yeah. right, first to bring yeah, uh, African American players into the Southeast Conference. Yeah, and uh, Hayden, uh, 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 Paul Bear Bryant was so steadfast about it. He made sure that uh, uh, like an overmatched, like a USC team that was a lot better than his Alabama team, made sure they played him at home, got spanked, and the first thing he said was, you sure you don't want them boys on our team? Yep. First thing you said, uh, the whole, and after that, everyone's like, it's okay to integrate. When it was funny when the, I forget the name of the the governor. Was it McGovern? I can't think of the name of the governor of Alabama. But when they George, tried to integrate, George Wallace. George, George Wallace is that right? Is yeah. That, he made sure like he he made it difficult for the kids to even get into school. He blocked the kids when they get in, and people all over Alabama like, we love you. Uh, you know, we don't want any of them here. And then all of a sudden, Bear Bryant said, it's okay. Okay, that's all right. They, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's funny as the coach, the head football coach at the University of Alabama had more power through the people of the state than the governor did. Uh, and George crazy. Wallace was not exactly a, uh, a small personality. He was a man of large personality, large ilk. Most of it was bad, but he had a big personality. It just shows you how powerful Bear Bryant was. And let's be fair, Big Doug. Uh, so that we did not put a incorrect scenario on Bear Bryant, he was not exactly one of the great uh, proponents of civil rights. He was doing it strictly, as you mentioned before, for the W. Yeah, but it, it wasn't like Hayden Fry. I really, uh, I don't know, but all I know is Paul Bear Bryant. All those guys that ever played for him, they treated him like uh, he was their father and, and disciplined them. It was good to them. So. I, I, I'm not going to bash Paul Bear Bryant saying he wasn't for civil rights because some fact is he did the right thing. You know what I mean? Like you can say Abraham Lincoln was a was a racist. You know what I mean? Well, he may have been a racist, but I do know he abolished slavery mm-hmm. and said that every single person in America should be treated with the same, uh, you know, class and dignity. So you know, you can look at things a million different ways. Yeah, I I, I do. Sometimes I'll I'll go with you about seventy five percent of the way, but I, I do like to look at the mindset, the intent upon the action before I judge somebody. But let's not get uh, too deep into that particular quagmire. Eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. You want to join us in the quagmire? Uh, the more people we have in it, the easier it is to climb out. Typically, big dog, it's just you and me, and we sink further and further. If we'd have some more people join us in the quicksand, I think you know together. We could find a way to get out. The two of us alone, though, we basically spend 58 minutes and 46 seconds each and every day sinking. And by the end of the show, it's not a pretty sight. <laughs> if you say so. <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, uh, college football, let's look at some of the games today. And I know you, unfortunately, are not as boned up on it as you normally are. Now, normally, it's it's kind of scary boned up on it. Yes. Now it's it's just like I, I understand University of Illinois, a couple of Big Ten schools, but you know, and I, I know the people coming back at LSU and Alabama. So like, I, I I'm a front runner, I guess this year. I I really don't know. I it's, I'm not your typical immersed in everything that is college football. Mm-hmm. I do know Matt Barkley is the the Heisman Trophy leader uh, after week zero. <laughs> yes. He is the he is the self-appointed uh, not self-appointed that's not fair but he is the clearly appointed leader in the preseason. It's it's his trophy to lose, Big Doug, and they haven't played a game yet. Which is truly amazing, truly amazing. Yeah, well, part of it is the sentiment that uh, he came back for his fifth year. Actually, it's like it feels like his eighth year. Well, it's his fourth. It's his fourth year. He started at USC as a true freshman. Yes. 
It's, that does seem like a million years ago when he went into Ohio State and USC beat Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Luckily, by the way, where Ohio State decided to just gift wrap a win for USC that day. Yep. There's got to be something wrong with Matt Barkley. Uh, you know, he's got the, the blonde-haired, the blonde-haired California look. Appears to be a very nice guy. Has the girlfriend. You ready for this, Big Dog? The girlfriend he's known since grade school. Wow. Grade school. Via and through all the temptations, he has re- uh, remained. And I don't know. There might have been a few strays, but he's with basically with the same girls since grade school. The all-American story. Parents are great. The kid, as you said, you know, he's played at USC, quarterback, and since his freshman year, sticks around, doesn't go pro. He's the Heisman candidate. There's got to be some chink in the armor. It's just too good of a story to be true. Well, yeah, because yeah, he didn't go out last year because there were going to be at least five first-round draft picks of quarterbacks. He didn't want to be up in the wash. This year is not a great year for quarterbacks around college football, compared to especially compared to what was going on last year, where everybody was just like, "Look at all these freaking mm-hmm. quarterbacks all over the country, like Whedon and uh, Russell Wilson uh, of Wisconsin." And we can't forget the two big names in uh, in uh, Luck and and Robert Griffin the third. And forget Tannehill supposedly is the most talented anybody that came out of college football last year. So it, it's. Uh, I think he did the right decision, Coach. Maybe not only is he like the all-American kid, but maybe he's also the smart kid yep. uh, that said, you know what, I'll go back to school for a year and make sure I'm a first-round draft pick. You are assuming our two favorite quarterbacks, Northwestern's Kane Coulter and Illinois' Nathan Shewhouse, will not go pro after their junior year. I'm assuming that neither will, <laughs> Coach, yes. Just that a wild guess. That is true. <laughs> All right, thank you very much. Um all right, so real quick, the slate of games, Steve Spurrier, South Carolina taking on Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt, I think, looking for their first win of the decade. Vanderbilt football. Um, oof, uh, a... Vanderbilt football last year won a bowl game. What? And freaking awesome. You're kidding. Serious? You got one of the best coaches in all of football. They won a bowl game last year. I, I, I apologize to all my friends if because I root for Vanderbilt football. They've got some... Local players from the Chicago area that have gone to play there, but it seems like the deep abyss. But last year, I remember a couple of years ago, they had like an interim coach, a line guy, a blue-collar guy, longtime line coach who got named the head coach. I forget this. Oh, Lane Kiffin. No, not Lane Kiffin. Somebody left on the spur of the moment, and this guy was given the job. I was kind of rooting for him. He failed miserably. I think I got the right team. And then, uh, but, but whoever the coach was last year led You're him to the bowl game. You're thinking of Tennessee, Coach. I am? Yeah. The the guy that's been at Vanderbilt's been there for about four okay. years. And his basic thing is, yeah, you're at Vanderbilt. You're not at a disadvantage. You're smarter than everybody in the SEC, so let's let's take advantage of that. I want a bunch of smart, tough guys. I don't care about how big and fast you are. And uh, this guy, he's one of the few African-American coaches in Division One football. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I don't know, Vanderbilt is looking good. I don't understand South Carolina every year. They play a conference game to start their season. What is Spurrier thinking? That's been like literally they played Georgia to start the year. Now they're playing Vanderbilt to start the year. That's a little, little iffy. And a lot of people are just assuming South Carolina is going to be awesome because, you know, like uh, they do have a lot of players coming back. They don't have Melvin Ingram coming back, who was the best defensive tackle in college football last season. So uh, I, I don't know if South Carolina is going to be as dominant as people think they are, mm-hmm. especially in that great uh, SEC East. 
I, that's a really good football game, especially if it's at Vanderbilt for the first week of the season. They are. I think South Carolina preseason top ten. We'll see if Vanderbilt can pull out the upset. Ukla, UCLA taking on Rice on the docket for you, Washington State, and Brigham Young in uh, the Big Ten. The Big Ten gets off to a kickstart today. Our good friend, Dr. Jerry Kill, Big Dog, used to be a semi-regular visitor to our old radio show. He's uh, When he was at Northern Illinois, he's now up in Minnesota year two. And they take on Jerry Tarkanian and you. NLV, 10 o'clock tonight. I might be attempting to watch that particular game. I definitely will try to get my eyes on that game. Uh, the UNLV usually plays a Big Ten school every single year, and they cover by half a point. They'll be 40, they'll be 30 point underdogs, coach. They'll lose by 28. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's, that's what I'm going to give you there. Washington State taking on BYU. What's the. What's the cool thing about that particular matchup, Coach? Have you figured it out yet? The uniforms. No. Uh, the Republican convention is going on the same time BYU is. Mitt Romney will be speaking as BYU is playing. Isn't that a Mormon thing? Uh, that might be. That has a little bit to do with it. Uh, they, they would not have accepted the bid if they would have known that they were going to mess with Mitt Romney. Yes. No question so about it. The fact that they're both named Cougars. Ah. Wow. So if you yell, let's go Cougars, people are going to be totally baffled. Give me one other college football team with a nickname Cougar. I, uh, give me a second here. Uh, there's plenty. I'm sure there's more than there's more than one other one, to be honest with you. Hint, Guy Lewis. Oh, uh, Houston Cougars. Yeah. Houston uh, Cougars. Got My next hint was going to be Fi Jamma Slamma. All right, real, real quick, we'll get back to college football. But Big Dog, we, uh, we gave him the big buildup yesterday as our special guest coming on yesterday's show. A lot of the female listeners tuned in expecting to hear Pigskin Boy. We previewed him the entire show, and either our scheduling department got it wrong or he was a big flat no-show. Very, very disappointing. Our ratings took a nosedive, but the important thing is he's uh, back with us today talking some Chicago Bear football in the National Football League, his first appearance of the 2012 football season. Our football expert, our football outsider. Pigskin Boy joining us here on the Two Guys in a Mic Show. Pigskin, how are you? I apologize for yesterday, Coach, but my television went out and Comcast came, and that has more that has precedent over any other thing in life. Interesting. I just, a half an hour before coming to the show, got off my third consecutive morning of phone calls with my local Comcast people. Finally, we got a tech coming. But I learned a new term, by the way. We've got tiling on our TV. I was trying to describe it, like breaks up in little checks. I couldn't describe it. Couldn't. It pixelates. Who? It pixelates. It breaks up into little squares. Yeah, but that doesn't mean anything to me. Tiling was an excellent, excellent description. Anyhow, uh, I'm with you on the Comcast thing, big uh, pigskin. That takes priority, no question. Yeah, I'm afraid so. But it's all good now, Coach. It's all good. Everything's working. Uh, NFL Channel, Hard Knocks. Nice. Uh, 19, 1985 Super Bowl, which we watch over and over and over and over again. Excellent. Pigskin, say hello to uh, to uh, Big Dog. You haven't talked to him for a while. Big Dog. What's up, Pigskin? It's been a while. <laughs> oh, wow. uh, I, I just want I just want to let you know, Derek Dooley will finally get the the Tennessee Volunteers straightened ah. out. And and they will only lose seven games this year. <laughs> uh, is that Vince Dooley's son from the famous Flying Dooley Brothers? Yes, it is. Coach. Interesting. 
Interesting. Tennessee, you mentioned that because Pigskin, even though is an NFL outsider, Tennessee is your college football team, right, Pig? Yes, and uh, when we bring Phil Fulmer back, we will be on top. <laughs> isn't that isn't that honest? Do you remember when they fired him? Uh, Coach, I don't mean to bring up a, a sore subject. You're like, oh, it's time to go. And I was like, why are they firing Philip Fulmer? You know, they could better be careful what they wish for because they just might bet it. Well, they fired Fulmer, and they got exactly what they didn't want, and now they're a lot worse. you got to be careful. You fire a legend. You fire a guy that wins conference championships and national championships just because he has two or three bad years. In the SEC, which is extremely easy to have a couple good or bad years, or bad years, well, they, get what, they got what they asked for, Coach. They got a new coach, and guess what? They've had three since. Pigskin, would you? Uh, you're closer to the Tennessee program. Would you concur with the Big Dogs' uh, faith? I, I personally would. But your thought on Philip Fulmer? Well, I don't think it. I don't. I don't. That wouldn't necessarily have hung on to Philip Fulmer. But they're going back to Lane Kiffin. Their hires since then have been disastrous. I'll agree with that. I don't think it's a matter of letting go of Phil Fulmer at the time. I think it's a matter of. I heard a good coach that stays for a couple of years. Yeah, but big, uh, but uh, big dog's point is, uh, you know, uh, eight and three, nine and two, ten and one, back to eight and three, maybe a couple of seven and fours, and all of a sudden you get rid of the guy. Sometimes you might have over expectations for your particular program, and you know, if you're if you're things are going well, sometimes you leave well enough alone. Well, this is not a very good time to be in the SEC with a mediocre football program. I'll say that. Mm-hmm. Amen. With, with with five possible national champions in your division or conference, to have a mediocre program is, is is a real bad thing. You know, you can be mediocre in other conferences and be okay, but the SEC that's not that's not a good thing. Yeah. Arkansas, <laughs> Alabama, Arkansas Alabama, LSU, Georgia, and South Carolina all have teams that are their goal is the national championship at the end of the year. And you look at all those yeah. teams, and I mean, I'm like, wow. Mention, you know, Joel, not to mention, I mean, I know Florida's down, but it's still Florida. Yeah, exactly. You're exactly right. They're, they're still Florida. And, uh, you know, at, at one point, Mississippi and Mississippi State used to vie for national championships. We didn't even mention Auburn in this. Auburn won the national title two years ago. Thanks, Ken. Ah, stop it. <laughs> You're killing me. Welcome right, to Southeast right. Conference Football Talk here on the Two Guys in a Mic Show. Uh, let's talk some Chicago Bears, Pigskin Boy. You are our official, uh, unofficial, I should say, NFL outsider, longtime Bear guy, final exhibition game today. By the way, I found out uh, uh, the golf outing that we were going to go to, Big Doug, uh-huh. that I'm still going to. I was informed by a affiliate. I think this, I haven't confirmed yet, but that's also Bear Packer Night. They play the Thursday night coach. Uh, well, you know, again, I need to confirm it, but that's what I was told. So I was planning on sticking around for the dinner, the open bar, commiserating with the fellow guys, and getting home about nine. O'clock. That's Bear Packer night. How the hell do you schedule a golf outing on a Bears Packers Thursday night? Special? How, how do they have a Bears Packer on a Thursday night? That's horrible. I, I hope he's wrong. I hope he's wrong. But uh, Pigskin final exhibition game tonight for the Bear fans out there, and if you want to. Talk to Pigskin. You can do it at 888-463-6748. Any questions on the Chicago Bears? But what should the fans look for tonight? And don't get too detailed. Look for uh, people grabbing last uh, <laughs> roster, roster spots. Um, uh, this is really the grab-a-last roster spot game. 
Uh, look for the regulars to play not at all, if, little if not at all. Um, one of the, one of the things they have to make they have to make two really pretty crucial decisions. Um, are you going to keep three quarterbacks? And if you do, um, you know their punter is unable to punt, and they do not want to cut him. They like him and think he'll be back. But right now they are going to have to carry two punters probably into the regular season. That's a roster spot. Do you cut a third quarterback, which would be McCown? Do you cut a safety? Who do you cut to keep a basically unnecessary second punter? But the Bears will have to keep a second punter. Yeah, they got uh, seven seven tight ends. You could start by cutting one of their seven tight ends. Yeah, and there's 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 guys, but that's kind of an interesting dilemma. I don't see any situation, um, guys, where you would not keep three quarterbacks. Should Cutler go down, which is highly possible, you're going to have to go out and get another quarterback. Why not keep the one that already, you know, is fairly decent well, and knows the system? I don't see any scenario where they would cut. Big dog, uh, isn't that a financial thing? I mean, you're, you're going to have three quarterbacks, as pigskin related, but Josh McCown is a veteran. His salary is a little bit higher, so do you cut him and bring a younger guy who you can develop at less money? At least I think that's the case. But you're going to have. If that was the situation, they should have had those guys in camp learning the system right now. If if it's going to be a financial decision, you're right, because it's not because the Bears would be being cheap, it's because they only have so much money to spend because of the salary cap. If the, the idea of Josh McCown as a, a third string quarterback, it, it's, it's amazing that they would have a guy that. That's not the future of the Chicago Bears. That's just the guy that they hope is decent if he comes into the game. That's a real tough question to, to, to answer, Coach. Because if they cut McCown, he may get picked up by another team almost immediately mm-hmm. because uh, I don't know why like other teams back up situations, but if Tavarius Jackson is getting traded for, Josh McCown would be signed almost immediately by somebody. So, uh uh, then again, he wasn't signed last year, and the Bears were able to pick him up off the scrap heap. But he played so well for the Bears. If you really think of it, uh, that would be a real good third-string quarterback for somebody the way he played for the Bears last year. Uh, it's just this Podlish thing is really driving the Bears crazy because uh, I, I just wish there was some way they had some type of injured reserve in football. I know they got like uh, the physically unable to perform list, all this other stuff, but you really can't just shut anybody down in the NFL. And now the Bears are stuck. They're going to have to cut uh, a wide receiver. Pigskin is who I think they're going to have to cut. They got seven of them. They don't need all these guys. Rasheed Davis, does he really need have to be? Is he still on the roster? No, I got cut he? yesterday. Uh, uh, he, he was cut oh. yesterday, Joel. Yeah. They kept, yeah. they kept, they, it came down, I think, between him and uh, uh, Sonsenbacher, and they like Sonsenbacher as a special teams player. That's really what you're looking at tonight is guys who are going to be on the roster who can play special teams, you know, the Bears, even though they weren't as good as they usually are, usually have one of the top special teams in the entire league. I mean, Dave Tobe, they actually had to go out and, and give him a bonus. He was in such high demand. If Dave Tobe was available, they'd be lining up in the NFL to hire him, possibly even a, a major college job. He's that well thought of. And they really do emphasize, they went out and got a lot of guys this year in the offseason specifically to play on the special team. Yes, they can, you know, be backup linebackers and whatnot, but they, they are one of the few teams that really goes out and gets special team players. And one of the things you'll notice when they play the Colts in week one is the Colts traditionally have horrible special teams, and in the past that has cost them big time. I heard Andrew Luck is going to be their gunner. Any truth to that? 
you know, and I'm not the one. See what you think of this. I'm not the guy who brought this up. Why wouldn't the Bears sit Urlacher for the first game against the rookie quarterback and a really bad Colts team because you're playing Green Bay in that Thursday night? Yeah. Why not sit him out for that game and his first game is against the Packers? They are playing. So you are confirming they're playing the Packers Thursday night? Yes, they oh, play them. They turn God. around and play the Packers on. There it is. September September thirteenth. September thirteenth. That's, That's our golf outing, Big Dog. Frickin', you will not be able to see the game, John, because you'll be on the nineteenth hole. Uh, no, you I haven't got, seen I me. Gotta, I got to pray for rain. I got to get out of work that day, Coach. I have to. I ha- I cannot miss a Bears Packers game. I got to pray for rain so I can get out of golf that day. The two of us will do a rain dance together. Wow. By the way, Lincolnshire Linda has emailed in. Please ask Pigskin Boy. Is this the final game for my favorite player, Tyler Klutz? A lot of uh, Tyler so, Klutz fans out there, Pigskin. Uh, what's her name? Linda from Lincolnshire. Linda from Lincolnshire. No, it isn't. Tyler Klutz is the uh, blocking back, fullback, wow. and a special teams player. Um, he will be on the roster for many, many games to uh, go. He will not be cut. He is the uh, only David. Do we do we have Pigskin Boy's phone number in case Tyler Klutz is cut tomorrow? We have more than a few angry, if not disheveled, listeners. I want to be able to recontact Pigskin Boy, but you are assuring most of our female listeners that Tyler Klutz is good to go for this year. Yes, if you want to call me, it's one eight hundred two three three Empire. Ah, goodness! All right, Pigskin uh, Bears. Who the hell are they playing tonight? Cleveland at Soldier Field, correct? No, it's in Cleveland. It's in Cleveland? It's Cleveland. Ah. Oh, come on, there's no argument. Every single year in preseason, I don't know if it's in the Constitution, the Declaration, or what, but they always play the rounds. By the way, um, another really, really bad NFL team. The Browns are a 1-2-3-1 to two to three one team. Yeah. Um, that's a really bad team. Not that it matters, but the next two teams you're going to see before the Packers, one of the elite teams, are really bad teams who aren't going to do anything in the mm-hmm. NFL. Um, I'm just going to go out on a limb. Um, well, Cleveland, and, Cleveland, the Browns are sort of like the Pittsburgh Pirates of baseball. Great tradition. Big dog, even a young guy like you can go back. And you've heard me say this before. I argue the NFL is a better place when the Cleveland Browns are a good football team. Love their fans. Love what the ball club stands for. But... Their level of mediocrity, or as Pigskin said, they're just not a good football team. Big dog, that, that's been going on for a long time in Cleveland. Too long of a run, and they can't get out of that quagmire, can they? Yeah, 1999 Oof. is the only year they got in the playoffs. I mean, excuse me, in the NFL. 2002, they made the playoffs. And if I remember right, wasn't it Kurt Wilhelm was their quarterback? That's how bad that team was. They've only made the playoffs one hmm. in 14 seasons. That's Horrible coach. That's really bad. That's, even the Bengals have gone to the playoffs more during that time. Who's running the show now? Is it uh, Romeo Cremel? No, it's uh, Mike Holmgren is uh, is the GM, and the head football coach is who's the head coach over there? There now. Uh-huh. Isn't it uh, Shermer? Pat Shermer, Rich Shermer, yeah, son, right. brother, yeah, uncle, it. or cousin? Yeah, that's um, it. It's a Shermer. You know. They are. I had bad experience when the Browns played in, in Chicago years ago, so I have no sympathy for them. Um, I mean, Joel, you're right. This is not just. I mean, all right. You give them a couple of years when they got the franchise back. How many years has it been, Joel? They have been one of the five 
worst and worst run franchises in the NFL. Yeah, now it's they 1999. A 28-year-old rookie quarterback who in three years is going to be past his prime. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know if oh, the very was George, was George Blanda unavailable. He was not, by the way. He was not. He was. Uh, he's well, at, at the Northwestern Alumni Association partying up. Brian Knight, <laughs> Bernie Kosar, not not around for the Brownies. Pigskin about uh, probably about two months ago when I uh, brought out the schedule for the first time mm-hmm. way in advance. The big dog was vacationing or. Uh, under a suspension, probation, whatever the cause was, big big dog was not in. I got a little carried away, went over the schedule, and uh, you know that's a win, that's a win. That's I had the Bears going fifteen and one. I'm freely admitting, a couple of months ago, I got a little bit carried away. I have since downgraded to fourteen and two. But uh, could you give us a prediction? And I know there's some optimism running high, but objectively, because you are a professional, if nothing else. Laugh track, please. Uh, what would be your prediction for the beloved bear this year? Uh, being objective, reasonably sixty and all. Big dog, you care to be the voice of reason? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go. Uh, come on, you got to get this right, Pigskin. This, is, I mean, seriously, how could I help you? You say this team's going sixteen and zero. They're going nineteen and zero. <laughs> I was afraid that was coming. <laughs> uh, it will be nineteen and zero. I, I had him getting upset on the road against the Viking. Oh yeah, that that don't even win. Uh, don't even don't even don't ever ever say they lose to the Vikings. Not in my presence. <laughs> this is a good team. If you're a Bears fan, you should expect excellence. I'm not kidding you. Uh, the, honestly, it, it, this team has been. This was the first time that I can remember in years where in an off season, every single thing that the Bears truly needed to uh, to obtain. They got almost all of it. Uh, it would have been nice if they could have gotten another offensive lineman, but if you think about right. it, they got an offensive lineman from the previous jab, uh, draft in, in, in Gabe Cremini. They had a power running back. They needed it. They needed a possession receiver. They got it. They needed a break-open receiver. They got him. Uh, they, they needed help on the special teams. They got it. This was a good, yeah, we, great offseason. We the still have Tyler Klutz, as Pigskin informed us. All right, now, David Olson, this is the kind of, this, this is the kind of question. That separates our show here. I'm gonna I'm gonna test the pigskin boy here. Um, if if the Chicago Bears do not reach the heights that the three knuckleheads, objective knuckleheads like us, have predicted, let's say it's a disappointing season for the Chicago Bears. Uh, take away an injury to Jay Cutler. Let's say he stays healthy. If we're talking in December about a disappointing Bears season, what might the chinks in the armor be? Uh, defense. For, me, for me, it would be um, an, uh, an unsettled offensive line with um, um, a couple of guys, Karimi being one who has not shown he can get through, you know, even half a season. Um, uh, suspect tackles and um, a guy who likes to fling the ball around. And perhaps depth because of injuries in the secondary. Mm-hmm. All right, so when we're 6-10 and 10 at the end of the regular season, we're going to be talking about an offense that had potential, but an O-line that uh, was weak and got injured and just couldn't give the offense any chance to go, and that our pass defense, every time there was a key third down, we'd give up a big completion. Those would be the two chinks in the armor for the beloved Bear. Big Dog, uh, are you? would you go along with that, Doug? 
the thing I'm, I'm not really so much worried about it because we finally got rid of the idiot that was uh, the offensive coordinator for the Bears and Mike Marks, and I don't think the deficiencies of the offensive line are going to be so glaring under Mike, uh, under Mike Tice. He's going to do a real good job of mixing things up and calling plays to the strength of Jay Cutler and the offensive line. So, And I know you weren't saying that was going to happen, Pigskin. Coach just wanted to make you say something bad against no, the Bears. No, the, just... only thing, the only thing that I really worry about the Bears is the fact that they have an extremely old defense. And, and Coach, and, and Pigskin, I mean this, 2012 better be the year the Bears get it done because 2013, there's no way this team can be as good as this year. Because they're gonna, they're, they're gonna, they're, they either have to change out the whole defense, or this defense is going to be another year older. And this is already the oldest defense in the NFL in terms of teams that are really good. If you, if you, I mean, Erlacher, Briggs, Tillman, Peppers. I mean, they're all going to be ten years or more in the NFL at this point. So, uh, coach, I'm, that's what I'm worried about is how old this defense is because. You never know when all of a sudden everybody loses a step. And we have to worry about, or anybody not worried about Brian Urlacher right now is, is, is please, can I sell you some stuff? Because you don't have your head on straight right now. Hmm. There's an optimistic. That's, 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 it's it's the, the how old the defense coach is what worries me the most mm-hmm. as a Bears fan right now. Okay. If the Nick Roach family is listening, feel free to call in and talk and, to the big dog at and yeah, and Nick Roach is definitely one of my the biggest glaring weaknesses on the defense right now. Yep. That is predicated in having a playmaker in the middle do everything. The problem is the defense is set up that way, but instead of Erlacher, we have a guy named Roach. Yep. Well, Nick Nick Roach is our very own Jose Valentin. Very good fill-in guy. Solid as your fourth or fifth linebacker. He'll step in when there's an injury in a game, and he'll produce. Remember Jose Valentin? Great. Second base, shortstop, third base, fill in for, I think he played for both the Cub and the Sox in about 18. He never played for the Cubs. But whenever he had to play regularly over the course of 40 or 50 games, all of a sudden you saw the deficiencies. David. I'd add another name to be to list to be really concerned about, and that's Peanut Tillman. He has clearly lost more than a step. Clearly. Yeah, I did not. I thought I said Tillman in that. And that when I'm talking about the defense, Dave, yeah, you're, I couldn't agree more. Uh, Peanut Tillman, you know, it, it was, they've got Calvin Hayden. They've got Jennings. They've got guys that played cornerback in, in, in college. And I was wondering, maybe this was the year you put Tillman in a position where instead of covering stuff, he could be a ball hawk. And we all know some of it. Dave, pigskin, uh, coach, how many times has Peanut knocked the ball out or intercepted balls? If you put him in a situation where he's free to roam, I thought he would be even better. And the fact that He's a step slower with Dave. You can see, you see it, obviously. I, I see it. I'm sure you see it. You could be a step slower at safety as compared to corner. You can. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm, I'm surprised the Bears not, haven't made that move, to be honest with you. It's been a rough preseason, no doubt about it. Uh, uh, Pigskin, uh, before we let you go here, Peanut Tillman, you've watched a lot of preseasons over the years. Do you, is there a, a history of, of Bear players, NFL players, that, you know, veteran stars that really look bad in the preseason, everybody predicting their demise, and then all of a sudden the games count and they start performing like an all-star. I don't know about – what I agree with Joel is just the Bears' top six defensive players, this is it for them. Yeah. Um, this is it. This year's it. I mean, their top six defensive players, this is it. 
um, you know, peppers to Urlacher to, to peanut. Um, this is it, guys. Meaning the Chris the Chris Conte era starts in 2013. Yeah, it starts, and, you know, it um, starts now, Coach. No, no, you don't understand what Pigskin is saying to you. It starts now. Every game is dramatic. Uh, Coach, these games are so important. You know, when we're Bulls fans, Cubs, if you're a Cubs fan, hey, I, well, we're, let's hopefully we win this game, but we know that the future of this team is in the future. With the Bulls, Derrick Rose is young. The whole team is young. You know what? We, we want to win, but you know what? There's a chance that this team has to win for like six, seven, eight years after this. The Bears, they better win now. They have to win this season. They have to. Joel, this is an old team. This isn't an up-and-coming, you know what, in three years we'll be in the Super Bowl. This is no, a absolutely now, not. or we're going to be the Cubs. There is, yeah, this I, is an old team. Cutler, Marshall, all the stars of the Bears are old. That's, that's not why in a couple I, of years. I was so happy with Embry's move this season because the, when you're a GM, you have to look either long-term or short-term in both, and both. The Bears were a strictly short-term fix because, Quite simply, when all those guys go, they're going to have to replace the whole defense, and they're not, and they're going to suck at that point. They had a go for the kill this year, and they needed a power running back. They added Michael Bush. They needed a playmaking receiver. They added Brandon Marshall. They needed a big, gigantic target just to get the ball to. They draft this guy in Alshon Jeffrey, who should have been a, a first round draft pick. That's why, coach, I was just, I'm really, I was really happy with the Bears offseason because Phil Embry looked at the paper and was like, wow. This team doesn't have a future. This future is right now, and this is, they have to win now. Uh, because like, if you would have built anything, like, hey, we're going to think about spreading it out over four or five years. Well, in two years, Erlacher, Peppers, Tillman, and Briggs aren't going to be making plays for the Bears. Uh, that's why, I, I, so seriously, Pigskin, Bill Emery right now has moved to the top of the charts for a guy that seems like he understands the game of football. The Bears, I, 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 another good part of the offseason, the Bears have Bill Emery running their personnel decisions right now. And how much longer do they have Dave Tobe? Pigskin, seriously, how much longer is Dave Tobe going to be the special team coach for the Bears? So it's uh, 2012. It's either do or die this season for the for the Chicago Bears coach. So uh, I, I'm excited. It's, a, it's going to be a fun year. All right, final well, exhibition game tonight. They kick off next Sunday. Pigskin boy, you will be uh, hopefully joining us uh, each and every week here, waxing poetic and giving us your uh, expertise. I'm assuming the contract has been signed. It has been um, after the first game. You know, we uh, big skin. It's uh, call me when it counts. That's still my motto. So uh, when they start counting, um, what a great season! Uh, Ten rookie quarterbacks, unprecedented in the NFL. Um, all of the really good-looking quarterbacks. See, this is all coming from professional, you know, offenses in college, and this is the best Bears team. I'm saying it. In a long time, and I said this to you last week when you talked, Coach. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd be really disappointed if they're not one of the wow. top teams in the NFL. And if you uh, are, they have, they've got it all, and they, Joel, they better win it now because yeah, they're going to be the Cubs in three years. Yeah, Pigskin, I'm, I'm going to add something because you're right. I, I really expect them, and I'd be disappointed if not one of the best teams in the NFL. I'm also going to be frightened because if they're not, after this year, what are they going to do? Well, this is the 2012 is the year for them to get it done because if they don't, oh my goodness, hold your breath and kiss your butt goodbye when uh, 2013 and 14 <laughs> and 15 come around. I'm not kidding around, coach. All right. uh, uh, major, major revelations will have to happen for this team to be good in the future. It's, it's a win now situation. And 
hopefully the players don't, well, you want them to feel pressure, but hopefully not too much pressure in that. All right, Pigskin, we will uh, check in with you next week. By the way, Pigskin Boy also, back in his uh, high school days, Big Dog was put on the physically unable to perform list. The sad thing about that, though, is he was actually healthy when they put him on the list. That's too bad. I was on the top list. Coach, enjoyed the time. We'll talk to you a couple of weeks. Joel, hang in there, man. I will. You too, Pigskin. And uh, let's, let's not look past the Colts. Because Packer Week is five days or four days after the Bears game. That's enough cliches. I'm looking past the Colts. I'm telling the team, don't practice hard. Take it easy. The Colts will be an easy win. Oh, no, no, no. By the way, what are the the Bears favored against the Colts? Do you know yet? It's high. I think think it's Bears plus 30. I'm I'm, I'm telling you right now, my uh, cover the spread, beat the spread, but lose special. The Colts are going to keep it so much closer against the Bears in the first week than people think they're going to. And people in Chicago are going to freak out, and they're not going to realize that the Bears were playing the Packers the next week. I'm telling you, if you're a gambling man, bet on the Colts against the Bears. Where is the game yeah, at uh, At Soldier Field or at Indy? I hope it's at Indy. Please tell me it's at Indy, Pigskin. If, if it's at Indy, I'm going to predict point spread Bears at home. six. If it's at home, Bears nine. Bears are at home. Bears are at uh, home. The Bears, the Bears are going to be at least a 13-point favorite. Oh, I don't think so. 13? Yeah. That's what they are, Dave? Oh, they're at home. Okay. All right. Well, what, we'll is the, what is the spread? What is the spread? Is it 13? We don't know yet. It's a little okay. early for spreads here. We're, we're still over a week away from the game. David Olson's uh, working on it right now, but 13 would seem a little rich. Nine and a half. Ah, uh, the coach. Right, coach. The coach right, is coach. on his game. All right, yeah, and part right. of that might be the injury to Erlocker, by the way, that that affecting the defense. Uh, Pigskin, uh, behave yourself. We'll talk to you next week, okay? Talk to you next week. Thanks, Coach. There it is. Pigskin boy checking in. He'll do it each and every week. Pigskin drops off and leaves eight other lines wide open if you want to check in. 888-463-6748. Big Dog, you never experienced it, but I can't tell you how depressing and discouraging it is to see your list, your name on the physically unable to perform list that the coach puts up, and I was perfectly healthy to play. I even went to talk to him. I said, Coach, I'm fine. He goes, no, you're physically unable to perform. I watched you practice. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, uh, (laughs) Let's get to baseball real quick, Big Dub, because I know you got a a busy schedule. White Sox did uh, come back and defeat the Baltimore Orioles. They salvaged one game eight. I think they're playing today too, right? Got the Tigers starting tomorrow? I think that's right. right. Sox win 8-1 to one over Baltimore, and Dylan Axelrod, a young pitcher, comes through with a clutch performance. So uh, that was a big win for the White Sox. They're now three up on Detroit. The Tigers have lost their last couple. Yeah, and, the, and the Tigers have gotten shelled. They put Justin Verlander out on the mound against the Royals, and you're like, okay, well, the Sox better win today. Justin Verlander gives up eight runs. And like 15 hits in five innings, mm-hmm. uh, you know. So uh, yeah, the, the Tigers have have never ever captured that baseball magic this year. So the only way they can get it back is when they're playing the team ahead of them. So the the Sox better put this team away. If the Sox win this series and, and make the lead like four or six games, it's really going to start putting some pressure on Detroit. Yep. 
And so it, this is obviously it's a real important series for the Chicago White Sox. It's getting a little late. If you're a Detroit Tiger fan, you keep waiting and waiting and waiting. They've had moments of glory, but then they fall back. It's getting a little late for that momentum to uh, kick in, but it could this weekend. The White Sox got to, they can't get swept. That's number one. Got to at least win one of the games. By the way, Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Pretty good pitching matchup Sunday. Chris Sale against Justin Verlander, two of the best in the biz, and both of them, Big Dog, are coming off a down outing. So uh, Sunday could be an interesting game, interesting pitching matchup, to say the least. Yeah, yeah, I, I thoroughly agree. Like uh, Sale was bad, and that's been rare, and, and yep. Verlander was absolutely atrocious, which has never really happened. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it should be a, a real good matchup for both of them. Beautiful. Back to college football we go. Again, it's our uh, college football preview show of sorts tomorrow. We have our first beat the Schmoes, no NFL games, so it'll be strictly collegiate football unless you want to jump in. And, uh, you know, we are the only show to put point spreads on high school football games. We've had a few listeners uh, not bet, but play beat the Schmoes betting on uh, high school football game. But we'll do that tomorrow for sure. But tonight the collegiate football season kicks off. Got a lot of listeners uh, excited about that. Let's go out to one of them right now, checking in on line number 18. It is caller Mark checking in from Roselle. Mark, how are you? Great, Coach. I'm so happy college football is back, and it's back with a bang. Some great games tonight. Uh, Vandy and South Carolina, and tomorrow Michigan State and Boise State. Oh, we didn't, we didn't peak. We had Thursday's schedule, but uh, not Saturday, but tomorrow. Boise and Michigan State. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, you know, Boise State always plays somebody every year, uh, Mark, because they have to, because their, their, their uh, conference is, is, is less than most other conferences. But how about giving a tip of the hat to Michigan State willing to play Boise State? All these schools, these top schools, afraid to play Boise. And, and uh, Michigan State said, hey, let's line them up and bang heads. Mark D'Antoni is a hell of a coach. That, that's uh, Seriously, I, I, we need more of coaches like uh, D'Antoni and, and uh, the Pete Carrolls and, and Jim Trestles of the world. I know they're not there anymore. Those guys are always willing to play school. So that, that's good for college football. Roselle, oh, Mark, is there a, a particular team you're rooting for in college football this year? Uh, you know, I I think the Illini are going to surprise a lot of people. I think they they've got a big break in that Ohio State and Penn State are not going to be eligible for postseason play in their division. I think they could really surprise. If we can eliminate two more teams and just have it like between Illinois and Northwestern, mm-hmm. I'd feel more comfortable. I I feel it that way that <laughs> Illinois is going to beat Wisconsin, Mark. but both of them are going to be three and five in conference. What? And they will both be tied for third place as Penn State and Ohio State has better records. But Illinois then gets to play in the Big Ten championship game, <laughs> and they take on Michigan, who they lost to by 100 in the regular season. They beat them <laughs> by one in the Big Ten championship game. And then a 6-7 and seven Illinois team goes to the Rose Bowl and beats USC and costs USC a chance to go into, into the one-game playoff game. Did I just – did I just – is that – it's possible, but it's not probable. <laughs> I like that scenario, Rosal Mark. It's nice to know uh, Big Dog is in, in mid-season form, and the collegiate football season hasn't even started. Yeah, but it's, it's, it goes by so quick, you got to be ready for it from the start. Yep. I'm looking forward tomorrow night to what, now that you uh, informed me that Michigan State's playing tomorrow night, but one of my favorite players in collegiate football, Le'Veon Bell. The big horse of a running back for Michigan State uh, taking on Boise State. I'll be watching him. I almost named my first son Le'Veon. It was either Kevin 
Jim or Le'Veon? It came down to one of those three. We won't went with Kevin, but uh... and, and Mark, I just if you're if you're a really true diehard college football fan, you know one thing: Michigan State has four defensive linemen that couldn't get into any other school in the country, but they have a special education program at Michigan State. They let those guys in, and they're the next future of the NFL. I don't know how where they get these these players at Michigan State, but they always have new defensive linemen that are just absolutely phenomenal. So that's also something to watch for. Hmm. Absolutely. And if, if, if Boise pulls this win off, uh, they will have beaten a big-name team from the uh, to the, uh, the Big 12, the Pac-12, the, Pac the SEC, the ACC, and now the Big Ten. So. Yeah, but is, Boise is... What's that, Doug? Is it in East Lansing? Yes. Okay. Right, that'd be a legitimate win, but Boise State now—they're—they're they're not Cinderellas anymore. I mean, feel free to disagree. I think they've established themselves over a number of years now. They're similar to Gonzaga in basketball. It used to be the Cinderella team, but Gonzaga's got a rep you now. It's not like a big upset if Gonzaga knocks off Indiana. I would think the same thing if Boise State beats Michigan State. It's a big win for them, but it's not some kind of Cinderella huge upset. Coach, I couldn't disagree with you more. Really, you—you you and I. You and I and Mark understand this, but why does Boise State have to go to the the Las Vegas Bowl when they go twelve and zero? Other people don't, so other people will consider it a huge upset, even though you, Mark, and I, and a bunch of other people are going to be like, "Oh, Boise State's just as good as them," you know. So it's they don't get the respect that they that they truly deserve around college football because they get they get shafted every year in the bowl situation. Mm-hmm. Every year they get shafted. So. Beautiful. Caller Mark, anything else on uh, college football? What else are you excited about this year? Teams, players? I'm excited. I'm excited that the Wildcats have gotten uh, that transfer from USC eligible. Yep. Uh, the wide receiver. Yes. Not starting. He's having all kinds of issues, but um, he's got potential. But, they, but he, he wasn't even able to crack the starting lineup. They could put him in return punts, Coach. All you got to do, all you got to know to return punts is left and right. You mean you return left? Okay, coach. All you have to do is catch the ball at that point. All right, Roselle yep. Mark, Northwestern Illinois fan. Those are the two teams you're rooting for the most, huh? Absolutely. I, I, I think we've got got an outside chance of seeing both of them in the Big Ten title game this year. Oh, wow. can you imagine? Woo! Illinois versus Northwestern in the Big Ten title game. Wow. They've... All i got to tell you, if, if that happens, I will give a testicle to someone. <laughs> <laughs> would they play that game at Wrigley Field and uh, be able? both teams would head to the north end zone? Maybe <laughs> not. that be something? Maybe not. All right, beautiful. Roselle, it's great great to hear from you. All good in the uh, personal life. Everybody's good health-wise. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Kids are almost graduated from college, so that that makes wow. me happy. Wow, it's unbelievable! All right, beautiful. Great to hear from you, Roselle. Say hi to everybody, and uh, we expect to hear from you early and often during what should be a great 2012-13 college football season. Okay? Absolutely, guys. Have a great weekend. There it is, Roselle. Mark, check it in. You can too. Give us a call eight 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 four six three sixty seven forty eight triple eight four six three sixty seven forty eight college football tonight. Opens up. We got the NFL next weekend, and uh, Big Dog. I know you won't be in full prep, but you will have some uh, picks for us tomorrow and beat the schmoes. I hope. No, I will definitely have. I will definitely have some picks for you. And, and just wondering, uh, 
next week when the Democratic National Convention goes on, are we going to spend a half hour on it? Because you didn't mention anything about Paul Ryan's. I, I, listen, I'm not a Republican. I, if anybody listens, they they should know that by now. Paul Ryan's speech last night was phenomenal. Eh. Yeah, whatever. Because yeah. oh, what did he do? He, Con- he Condoleezza he Rice's speech. Condoleezza Rice, phenomenal. I like what Al Sharpton said on. Uh, MSNBC about Paul, you know, the, the two or three commentators were saying how great the speech was. Al Sharpton said it, w- it was a wonderful speech. It was beautifully and eloquently spoken. But it was full of lies. It there was no truth lies. to it. So, you know, it if you like someone who... All, all I know is this. The Obama administration hasn't balanced the budget yet in four years. He's yeah. had $5 billion in debt. Yeah, how'd the, okay, administration, and- how'd the administration before him do on that? And that's the whole point of the thing. That's the whole point, Coach. If the only thing that you have is to go look at four years ago, is that what the whole Obama administration is about? They haven't done anything in four years. All they can say is we came in with a bunch of crap. So is that what you have? Is all your Democrats have is to say, oh, look, four years ago was in real bad situation. No. I could have told you that. I could Because now it's ten times worse. No, no, we can give you a whole long lineage of positive things that have happened under well, Barack well, well, Obama. Positive things that have happened. What the jobless? Uh, it's been eight uh, percent unemployment since he's been in office. The fact that he's added five trillion dollars in debt when it was only at ten—that's just unbelievable. He hasn't balanced the budget in four years, Coach. That's because and, and you, you think oh, this is a lineage of great things. Uh, last time you checked, Big Dog, did you check how the Republicans uh, basically vetoed every kind of balancing of the budget that Barack Obama he tried try to, to do? He didn't balance anything. Yeah, he, uh, you know, this could go on forever, but yes, he did. Yes, he did. Paul, Ryan, taxes, Paul Ryan's speech. The only part I liked about Paul Ryan's speech was his mom. you got to love his mom. Oh, his mom's freaking incredible. The mom is incredible. I'd vote for her, and I'd vote for Condoleezza Rice, but Paul Ryan, half the stuff he said... Wasn't even true. I love the analysis. That's BS. That's total BS. No, it's not BS. The plant uh, closing uh, in Janesville. You know, right here Susanna in Janesville. Susanna Martinez had the best speech of the night. What? Susanna Martinez had the best speech yeah. of the night. I hope you're saying that sarcastically. No, the problem is, like, when you get blown in the face at the fact you guys haven't balanced the budget and added $5 trillion to the deficit, when you get reminded of this, you know, oh, no, it's lies, lies. It hasn't happened. Oh, it hasn't? It hasn't happened. Uh, what we're looking at it right now is uh, as uh, United States citizens. Uh, we got to talk politics tomorrow. Have a great day. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll do it tomorrow on Beat the Smokes.